Opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect the views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to In the Kitchen with Courtney. This is Sunday, October the 2nd, 2022. Thank you all so much for joining us today. And also, we have Kayla, who will be assisting me today. Our host is Andrea, and our streamer is Katie. Uh, connecting us to Clubhouse will be Herbie. So thank you all so much for taking time out of your Sunday afternoon to come and help me out on this call. Just a few things. If you would like to connect with Herbie or myself, Jenny Johnson with It's Electric or Sheila Young with um, the Recipe Swap, you can send an email to acbcooks at gmail.com and I will forward those messages on to them. And I will try to give that information at the end of the call. And it's also in the description of the call for today. If you would like to subscribe to our listserv, the address is acb-cooks plus sign subscribe at acblists.org. And again, I will share that at the end of the call, and it's also in the description of today's call. So we will go ahead and get started. I'm going to ask Kayla if she will go over the list of ingredients, and then we'll get to mixing and baking. So go ahead, Kayla. Thank you. All right. So your ingredients needed today to make the banana cake are going to be one half cup shortening, three fourths cup brown sugar packed, one half cup sugar, that would be white sugar, two eggs, one cup ripe bananas, that would be about two to three um, medium bananas mashed, one teaspoon vanilla, two cups flour or wheat or all purpose, um, one teaspoon baking soda, and one teaspoon salt. Um, one, half, one half cup um, buttermilk. And one half cup nuts, and that is optional. One can, one can of, of cream cheese or caramel frosting. And back to you, Courtney. All right, thanks so much, Kayla. So today I've already measured out my sugars and my shortening because I wanted to make sure I had enough shortening <laughs> before I had to open up another can and I had just enough. So I've already got those measured out into my mixing bowl and I'm going to turn on my mixer. And while I'm mixing this up, you want to mix it until it's creamy and smooth. And so that's going to take about a minute, minute and a half. So while I'm doing that, Kayla's going to go over a few things. Um, she's going to tell how to make a cream cheese frosting, how to make a caramel sauce. And if she doesn't get to all that while I'm mixing up the sugars and the shortening, then we'll get to it in another time that I've got to be using the mixer. So I'm going to mute myself so this is not so loud on your ears. And I'll turn it over to Kayla for the frosting instructions. All right. Thank you, Courtney. Before you get started with your recipe, you do want to preheat your oven to 350 degrees. Um, if you are making a cream cheese frosting from scratch, this recipe does call for a store-bought can. You can go ahead and use that if you would like, but you do have the option of making your own cream cheese frosting. Um, to do that, you're going to use one block of cream cheese. Those are eight-ounce blocks. 
one stick or a half a cup of butter. And both of these you want to be softening kind of at room temperature. So the first thing you would do is to cream these two ingredients together, the butter and your cream cheese. We're going to add in a tablespoon of vanilla. Cream that together with those two. Um, and then we're going to take three cups of powdered sugar is what the recipe calls for. We'll add these one at a time. And in between each cup of um, adding that into our creamed cream cheese and butter, we will um, mix it well. We'll add our first cup of powdered sugar and we'll cream that in. We'll add our second and we'll give it another mix. And then the last cup of sugar is kind of, um, it, it kind of depends on you and how thick and sweet you want your um, frosting to be. So if you want a thicker, sweeter frosting, you're going to add that um, one more cup. So a third cup of powdered sugar into your mix. Um, and I Myself, I would add that at a quarter of at a time, that last cup, a quarter of a cup at a time, just to make sure you get the consistency of the frosting you would like. All right. Thanks, Kayla. All right. So now, if you'll correct me, Kayla, if I'm wrong, we start adding our eggs and we add them one at a time. So we add one egg, then we mix up our mixture with our um, cream sugar mixture. Then once we get that mixed in real well, we add the second egg and do the same thing. So I'm going to be um, going to go ahead and crack my egg. I just crack it on the side of the bowl where the crack is. I put my thumb on one side, my left thumb on one side, my right thumb on the other. And I just pull it apart and make sure I do not drop a shell. I'm trying to, it felt like I dropped one in there. I don't think I did. All right, since I was handling raw egg, I'm gonna wash my hands before I start mixing that with the mixer, okay? So when you're dealing with raw meat or raw eggs, you wanna make sure you wash your hands thoroughly with lots of soap and warm water. All right, so y'all excuse my water running tonight. So I'm going to mix in this one egg and I'm going to turn it back over to Kayla to talk about if she can finish, if she needs to finish up the frosting and then she can talk about caramel sauce. Okay, so um, that's pretty much it for the frosting. Um, if you make it ahead of time, you always have the option. You could put saran wrapper in a, kil uh, a sealed container and you can put that in your fridge. Um, I do have an alternative. Um, it's, it's good to use browned bananas. And sometimes I know that I don't always have time or the patience to wait for bananas to brown. But you can substitute, and this sounds funny, you can substitute um, baby food bananas to, um, to bake with as well. And they're already kind of mushed up and sweetened. And um, that works out pretty well. I used to solely do that when my kids... I buy bananas and then they just wouldn't get eaten and before they would expire, I would bake with them. So baby food is always an option for your bananas. Um, <clears throat> also, um, this, this recipe, um, I was thinking of a couple of different alternatives we could do with it. And one of them is a poke cake. And so once you take your cake out of the oven, 
you can take a handle of like a wooden spoon is typically what I use. And you poke holes all over the top, all the way down to the bottom of your cake. And you could take a caramel sauce and pour that over the cake, let it cool to room temperature, and then put your cream cheese frosting on it. I do have a couple um, ways of making caramel um, that just uses a can of sweetened condensed milk. Um, these are 14 ounce cans of sweetened condensed milk. You do wanna remove the label from the can. Um, my first method is going to be using a, um, a pan on top of the stove. So use a large pot, something that is large enough for your can to lay down with, with two inches of water above it. So if you wanna use this method, you would um, take your, your can, take your label off, place it in the pan, um, fill, fill it with water, um, and then you would cook it on medium for two to three hours. So you have this, this it's, it's a long, it's, it's a large gap. It's an hour gap, minimal to max. Um, so the reason for that is the less time you cook the sweetened condensed milk, um, the lighter of a caramel you're going to have. And the longer, the darker the caramel will have. So once the time um, is up, the two to three hours, once that time is up, you'd pull that can out of the, the water and you could... Um, use a strainer and strain it into, um, you, you know, if you feel more comfortable using that, strain it out that way, um, or use a pair of tongs to lift it out of the water. And we wanna set it on a rack um, and let it come to room temperature before we open it. All right. How are you doing, Courtney? Are you still mixing? Um, I'm eat. good, thank you. All so right. And the next step is you're going to add your bananas. So what I have done, I, I do not eat bananas, but I will eat banana cake. So, and Jason likes to eat bananas and sometimes they start getting too ripe for him before he can get them all eaten. So what I do, I throw them in the freezer and it might be one or two bananas, you know, every now and then and he doesn't eat. So I just throw them in the freezer and then when I get a bunch of them, then I start making bread, cakes, muffins, things of that nature. So I have gotten three bananas out and I stuck them in a, uh, like a pie plate and I stuck them in the refrigerator to thaw for me, thaw overnight. And they've done that. And I've already put two in there and it says mashed bananas. So when you freeze your bananas, the outside peeling is going to turn brown. But the inside is still that white, yellow, white banana coloring that you're used to. So it doesn't do anything to the inside. It's just the peeling. It turns like a black or a brown. And again, they're still okay. So don't let that turn you off if you have some vision. And they're already kind of mushy once they thaw. So you don't have to do, you don't have to mash them up. So there's the step that you save. So what I do is the stem end where most of us pull that peeling back from the stem. I pull that back and then I've treated it like a tube of toothpaste. I turn it upside down in my bowl and I just squeeze and run my fingers down the outside of the peeling. That banana slides right out and you don't get your hands quite as messy. So I've got my three bananas added and I am going to wash my hands again because they're just kind of slimy and sticky, you know, like you get from the bananas sometimes. So I'm just washing my hands so I don't get that on everything. 
And then I'm going to mix those in thoroughly with my um, eggs and butter mixture. And while I'm doing that, I'm going to let Kayla talk a little more. So Kayla, if you don't mind, and I'll be back in just a few minutes. I don't. All right. I got lots to say today. So um, another me method you can make caramel sauce um, just using one can of sweetened condensed milk is um, putting that can into your crock pot. And um, again, we are going to make sure we have plenty of water above the, the can. Um, and with both of the methods, both on the stovetop and um, in the crock pot, you might want to check on it every so often and make sure you still have enough water um, that is above the can. Um, or maybe just add in a cup or two every once in a while and make sure it didn't all boil off because it will it will burn. Um, so for the crock pot, we are, we are going to cover our can. Again, we'll remove the label first, place the can in the crock pot, um, and then we'll cover it with water, plenty of water. Um, I typically would just go about an inch above the top rim of the crock pot. You can cook it in there for six to eight hours. Again, that longer time is going to give you a darker caramel sauce. Um, and then once your time is up, you could even do this overnight the night before. Um, put your caramel in your crock pot. Make sure you have plenty of water in there. Um, set it, forget it, and have caramel sauce in the morning for, yeah. Um, again, we want to take it out, let it get to room temperature before we open that can. Um, so, yes. Um, one other method is using a, a, a double boiler. Um, and this is a pan that has water underneath and then a pan on top of that that sits on it kind of snugly. Um, and you could open the can of sweetened condensed milk, put it in the top bowl with water under the, underneath. Um, when you are preparing your double boiler, you do not want the water underneath to touch the bowl above. So it's basically just using the steam from the water that's boiling below to warm up um, what's above it. And this is a good way of melting chocolate as well. So you can put, um, you're going to do that. And that's going to take about 45 minutes um, to cook it. You will put a lid on it um, and you want to, you want to um, mix it occasionally. Um, and so that is another method of making some caramel sauce for the yummy banana cake. All right. Thanks, Ayla. So uh -huh. do we have any raised hands at the moment? We do. Just give me one second. And we have Diane. Go ahead, okay. Diane. Um, I was going to mention an, another way that I, um, when I'm working with eggs, I, um, I crack them over a small, like little cup. Um, mm -hmm. It's like a really, really small bowl. And that way, then I can feel around inside the, and then make sure I've got all the, didn't get any of the peelings in there. And then, then I dump it into my bigger bowl with all the other stuff. That is a good tip. Thanks, Diane. Yeah, I'd, I need to get in the habit of doing that. And another good reason to do it also is just to check that your eggs are still good. So right. sometimes when you crack your egg, and you put it in your bowl, you've already got all of your ingredients messed up and then you, the egg smells funny. Yeah. So that means it's gone bad. So that's a good, good idea to break it into a bowl. I've got to get in that. 
Courtney, um, I was uh, going to ask, excuse me, I was going to just ask Herbie if we had any hands in Clubhouse. Okay, I'll get to that in just yes. some, oh, okay. okay, all right. Sorry. Do we let me finish my statement? Okay. But yeah, that's a good tip. And, you know, you putting them in the bowl before you put, in, put them in your dish is a really good idea. And thanks, Diane, for sharing that. Oh, right, do welcome. we have any additional hands in Zoom? We do not. Okay. All right, Herbie, do we have anyone on stage in Clubhouse? Yes, we do, Tori. Hi, Tori. Hi, Courtney. I bet you thought I was sleeping, didn't you? I uh, sure did. <laughs> I'm glad you stayed awake to join us. Um, anyway, what I wanted to say is for those who want to use one of Kayla's methods for making the caramel but can't have dairy, there is a coconut-based condensed milk that works in just the same way. Oh, yum. Does it have a coconut flavor a little? No. Not really. I mean, it was uh-huh. sort of maybe a slight hint, but yeah, it's more a, and it's and once you caramelize it, you don't notice it. Right. Not that I'm opposed to coconut. I'm just thinking banana, coconut, milk. You know, you know that that's just all sounding good to me. So I mean, all right, yes, yeah, flavor. So if if it's something you like, then you definitely want to go with it. All right. Thanks so much, Tori. And I may come back to you for some more of uh, your exchange tips. All right. Do we have any additional hands in Clubhouse or participants in Clubhouse? At the moment, we do not. But just a reminder, if you would like to come up on stage, if you have any questions or comments, just hit that uh, request to speak button at the um, bottom right of your phone and you will be brought up on stage. All right. Thanks so much, Herbie. All right. Now, one thing that I forgot to add in. Excuse me. We do have a hand in Zoom. Do you want to take it now? We just got it. it I'll take it in just a moment. So thank you. I will will stop and ask for hands. Okay. Okay. It just came up. So that's why I thought I'd ask. Thank thank you. you. All right. So one thing that I failed to um, mention when I and to put into my mixture when we did the bananas was my vanilla. So I am using homemade vanilla. And while I'm mixing that in, in just a moment, I'll get Kayla to tell you how to make homemade vanilla. We, she and I were both blessed with a a jar of our own from a dear friend, and we are very thankful for that. And let's see, here was one more thing. Oh, the recipe calls for one teaspoon. And I heard on a cooking video one time where it says, if you really like the vanilla and you want to enhance the flavor of your baked dish, um, you know, of your dessert, add three times the amount that is called for in the recipe. It brings out a lot more of the flavors in it. So for my recipe, uh, the way I have done it tonight, instead of adding one teaspoon, I added one tablespoon. So three teaspoons equals one tablespoon. All right, so I'm going to mix in my vanilla real quick, and I'm going to turn it over to Kayla. And if um, and when we get back, we'll take any raised hands in Clubhouse and on Zoom. So I'm going to turn it over to Kayla now. All right, fun fact, if your eggs are bad, because I am so not going to crack open an egg and smell it to see if it's good or bad. <laughs> um, if you put it in water and it floats, that means it's no longer good. So you want to make sure your eggs beat. So that's an easy way to kind of um, check that out before you um, 
before you open the egg and even attempt to smell it because I am so sensitive to smells. Um, I do have one more method of making caramel from sweetened condensed milk. Um, and honestly, uh, either this or the method using the double boiler would be the method I would personally use because I do not buy um, canned sweetened condensed milk. I make it from scratch. Um, so this method, you use a water bath in the oven. Um, and typically um, for myself, I use a nine by 13 pan and you put about an inch and a half, uh, sorry, a half to three fourths inch of water in the pan. Um, and then I place that in the oven before I even turn my oven on. Um, preheat your oven to 425. And you would take your sweetened condensed milk and you would pour it into a pie pan. And then you would place that pie pan into the, um, the water bath pan that is already in the oven. Um, and I will be doing a flan recipe on Herbie's Cooking Corner here uh, um, in November. And so I'll kind of go over a little more on how I learned to put things into a water bath and stuff during that time. Um, but if you're doing this method, again, you turn your oven to 425 and um, you would cook it for one hour. And this method, um, unlike the other methods, it may um, have a film over the top of it that can just be mixed into the caramel sauce um, once you pull it out of the oven. So. All right. How's your mixing going, Courtney? All right. So I got the vanilla mixed in, and I'll let Kayla talk about vanilla, homemade vanilla, in just a moment. So now we're to the point where we're mixing in our flour and our buttermilk. So what I have done, I have already measured out, you need two cups of flour. You need to measure out half of the flour. So I measured out one cup flour, and I went ahead and poured it into my batter mixture. And you're gonna alternate flour and buttermilk until you get it thoroughly combined. So I'm going to mix in one cup of the flour. Once I get that mixed in, I'm gonna mix in a quarter cup of buttermilk. Once I get the buttermilk mixed in, I'll mix in the last cup of flour, and then I'll mix in the last quarter cup of buttermilk. So um, I'm going to go ahead and mix. Let me see. Do we have any questions in Zoom? And we do. Diana, please go hi. ahead and unmute. Yeah, hi. Um, I have one probably really stupid question okay. <laughs> and then one that I just am unsure about. Um, first of all, the stupid question. Uh, the sweetened condensed milk, if you do that, I've heard of those techniques before. And... <laughs> When you put it in like the crock pot or whatever, or like on the stove, if you're doing that method or whatever, do you place it like the flat side down, like you're just standing the can upright, or do you put it on its side? You would stand it um, straight up and down. You don't put it on Just its like side. you see it in the store mm -hmm. on the shelf. Yes, okay. ma'am. Mm -hmm. I figured that was a stupid question, but I want to make sure. Yeah, it is not a stupid question. And be sure to take the label off too. You know, that, that yeah. was one of the one of the steps and one of the recipes that I read uh, or instructions on how to do this. And yeah. I've also, in some of the uh, research I've done, it says to, you know, flip it every hour. So you just turn the can oh. upside down. Um, okay. So, or, you know, just halfway through or something. I so it may be fine. I've never done the caramel sauce like this. And, um, 
but I'm I'm tempted to try it because Kayla and I were talking about the poke cake and she was telling me about putting the caramel syrup on there or sauce and I'm like, uh yeah. That so was, yeah. Delicious. Yeah. <laughs> And then the other Thanks. question was, sure. uh, what size is this like an eight or nine inch layer cake or is this like a 13 by nine? You can do either one. So what I'm doing tonight is a nine by 13, just a sheet, quarter sheet cake. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And, and later on, once we get the cake in and get it cooking and I start frosting the, the, uh, frosting the cake, then we will talk about, um, you know, doing a layered cake if you'd like. Okay. So. Thank, right, you. Do we have, thank you, Diana. Do we have any additional hands in Zoom? We do not. Okay. All right. What about Clubhouse? Harvey, do we have any hands in Clubhouse? We do not. All right. Thank you. So I'm going to start mixing in my flour and my buttermilk, and I'm going to turn this over to Kayla, and she can talk about homemade vanilla and anything else that she wants to share. All right, so um, you can make your your um, own vanilla um, at home, and typically you use six to eight vanilla beans for every eight ounces of clear uh, alcohol. Um, I've only used vodka personally, um, and it doesn't even need to be really expensive vodka. I got a bottle of vodka at Costco and a... Um, a package of Madagascar vanilla beans from Costco. And um, I just kind of cracked them open, threw them in the jar, poured the alcohol over it, and shake it. Um, it does need to be kept in a, a cool, dark area. So I keep it in my pantry. And every, um, every couple of days, I go and I shake it when I remember. And um, it takes about four to six months and you will have homemade vanilla. Um, and it makes great Christmas gifts. So you could start it even now and get it, you know, get it kind of started and ready to go and put it in some jars and you can um, give it away as gifts as well. Um, I like making it in a wide, mouth, a wide mouth jar so that when I need to go to use it, I'm able to just kind of dip my measuring spoon in there rather than having to pour it. So that kind of makes it a little bit easier. Um, you can also make your own buttermilk. And um, to make a cup of buttermilk, it is one cup of milk with a tablespoon of vinegar. Um, you can also use lemon juice in that as well. And you would let it sit for about five minutes or so after you mix it up and it turns it into buttermilk. So if you don't have that on hand, um, you are able to make that as well. So, and I, I really am excited to make this cake. I definitely think I'm going to do the poke cake method um, of, of making the caramel and putting it over it. Um, and I, like I said, I make my own sweetened condensed milk and I will be giving that recipe and going through how to do that, um, when I make that, um, flan here in about a month or so. All right. Thanks, Kayla. I have just added in my last quarter cup of buttermilk and everything seems to be going along pretty quickly here. So Diane, uh, not Diane, I am so sorry. 
Andrea, do we have any raised hands? And I'm going to mute, so I will be back to answer that question. So call on anybody that's got raised hands, and I'll be back. We do have a raised hand. I'm sorry, can you guys hear me? Yes, who yes. is our raised hand? Rachel, uh, Rachel. Rachel's iPhone. Okay, Rachel, go ahead with your question, and I'm going to go back to mute and mixing, and, and then I will answer your question, okay? You go ahead, Rachel. Me? Yes, ma'am, go ahead. Okay, um, my question, I like the idea of the homemade um, vanilla. So where can you get the wide mouth jars from? Um, you can get them pretty much any, um, I typically, you can get them at Walmart. Um, seasonally, you can get them at Costco for a little bit cheaper than you do at Walmart. Um, you can find them in the canning section of the, of the store. Uh, your grocery store will sell them. You, they're very, very um, available. <laughs> I guess I should say you can find them even on Amazon. You can buy them one at a time or you can buy them in a flat in a flat um it's typically a dozen jars um if you have smaller jars sometimes they'll come in a set of 15 but typically they come in about a dozen at a time if you buy a flat of them um you could also use a jar if you have a jar that has a tight fitting lid already at your house mm -hmm. um you could use that. Just make sure you wash it out very well. Um, you don't want pickle juice and, you know, smell in your vanilla or anything oh. like that. <laughs> um, one other thing I have done is I've made cinnamon vanilla where I did the exact same thing and I tossed in a couple cinnamon sticks. So then it, it was really good. I, I, I baked with that and made cookies with that and stuff. And that turned out really well as so that's always an option too. I did not leave the cinnamon sticks in as long. Um, so I would say I probably did my vanilla for two months and then I threw my um, cinnamon sticks in for about two, three weeks and then I pulled them back out. Um, I, I basically did it by smell. I'm like, oh, that smells cinnamony enough. And then I took them out. Um, and they will kind of, the cinnamon sticks do break down a little bit. So um, be careful of that when you're, if you're pulling them out um, or straining it. Um, but you can keep adding more vanilla beans and alcohol to the same one. So you don't have to keep starting from the beginning again. You can just kind of add to it and keep it going. So once you get it, it started, um, when you're starting about halfway down, um, throw in some more vanilla beans probably like four since we already have some in there and then and then top it off again with the alcohol to the same level you originally had it to and then shake and, and start your process again and that just extends it and you can start using that again right away. Thank you very much. Thanks Kayla and just for time's sake we'll get to Clubhouse and just in any other Zoom hands in just a moment. So I have my batter all mixed up and now I'm going to pour my batter into my 9 by 13 baking dish. I have sprayed it with cooking spray and something that I had planned to do and forgot to do it. I saved my wrapper from my stick of butter for my, my frosting earlier. 
and I forgot to use, I saved it just for this recipe to use to grease my pan and I totally forgot to use it. So I'm kind of bummed about that, but I can use it in another recipe. So now what I'm gonna do is I'm just gonna take my mixing bowl and I picked it up. I'm gonna pour this batter in. So what I do, I find the right hand end of my pan. And I have my pan laying short sides to the left and the right and the long sides are at the top and the bottom. And I start on that short right-hand side and I scrape out with my little silicone scraper, scrape out the batter and pour it as well. And I do that as I'm moving down the length of my pan here. So I want to make sure I get all the good stuff out. And, you know, we got to leave a little bit to lick the spoon later. So, um, if you're into spoon licking, and yes, I know the hazards of doing that with raw eggs. After doing that for 48 years, I have not gotten sick one time. So I have the same feeling. <laughs> and uh, honestly, yeah, this is Courtney's opinion. So y'all just take it for what it's worth. I honestly believe that if the eggs are pasteurized, the ones you get in the store, and they're kept in a cool place, like the refrigerator, and they're still good, then they're safe, all right? Not that I'm gonna eat a dozen raw eggs. So, all right, so I've emptied my bowl there. Now I'm gonna take my spatula and I'm gonna go from the top right-hand corner and go to the top left-hand corner and then do a zigzag back and forth from side to side to make sure that that is evened out it's kind of like frosting a cake if you've ever frosted a cake. And if you hadn't, we're going to talk about that tonight as well. So I'm just making sure that it's sort of evened out as much as possible. Got cake in all the corners, got batter in all the corners, and it's not a big lump in the middle because it's going to rise on anyway. All right. So I'm scraping my spoon off, making sure I get all the batter off of it. And now I'm going to stick it into the oven and we're going to stick it into an oven that has been preheated to 350 degrees and we're going to cook it for 25 to 30 minutes or, you know, until the toothpaste comes out clean. And I will tell you all how I test my cakes in just a moment. So we're going to slide this in the oven and then I'll set my timer. And if you have questions, you can go ahead and raise your hand in Zoom and hit that request to speak button in Clubhouse and we will get to you. All right, so I'm gonna set my timer. Alexa, start timer for 25 minutes. 25 minutes, starting now. All right, do we have any questions? Let's go to Clubhouse. Do we have any questions in Clubhouse? As a matter of fact, we do. And uh, let's start things off with Tony. Hi, Tony, thanks for joining us. It's actually DJ. Hi, Tony. Hello, Courtney. Hello. You guys are doing a fantastic job. Thank and I'm you. sitting here thinking, wow, in the kitchen with Courtney and Kayla about all these K sounding letters here. But yeah. my question is for Kayla. Out of curiosity, we're going to go back to the vanilla. And you were talking about um, in, in one of your ingredients, and now it escapes me which one it is. But the question, uh, came to me um you, you mentioned something about putting something leaving it in the dark and yeah. so i'm kind of curious 
what is the purpose behind leaving it in the dark and how long would you leave it in the dark? And um, so I just kind of, so the purpose is so that the light um, doesn't change your, um, your, it's kind of like essential oils. You know, you keep them in a dark, cold place because oh, it keeps okay. it gotcha. more, um, it keeps it more fresh. And this is homemade vanilla. Right. So that's why. And I guess maybe it would also, reduce its potency or something like that there that yeah i think so i think the light definitely would uh reduce its potency so gotcha. yeah just keeping it in a cabinet or something like that not you know just not on the counter out and where it Go has light on gotcha. it all the time right, right. gotcha okay yeah because i was ex i was kind of curious and i'm thinking to myself okay dark and then i'm going okay maybe the light exposes it yeah and makes it more potent or changes. Yeah, it would make content. it less. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It would make it Thanks less. Guys are doing and a you want to make sure Thanks you so use much. a clear alcohol with that. I don't remember if I said that. I said vodka. So you want to make sure it's a clear alcohol so you don't have any yeah. additives in it. Right. I and you, you want to make sure that it is a glass jar, not a plastic jar. Right. When you're doing that. Right. All right. Cool. Thanks, DJ. Thank you. So much, Thank you. Doing a great job. All right. Do we have any additional hands in Clubhouse? Do. As a matter of fact, Peggy is next. All right. Hi, Peggy. Thanks for joining us. You um, kind of um, uh, put a slit in the um, in the bean, do you, or something, or or before you put it in there you can um you some but people then do you have to strain it? it to get the seeds out or you might want i mean if you wanted to but i would i would just leave them in there because okay. but if you continuously fill fill the jar with vodka after or your alcohol of choice after you've used it some so mm -hmm. by the holidays i'm going to have to probably refill my jar so, um, and if you get a vanilla bean or two in there, it's just going to enhance the vanilla flavor is all it's going to do. Okay. Um, all right. Great. And, you know, some people split them down the middle. Some people cut the tips off of them. So, you know, just however you want to get that infused alcohol is what okay. you would do with your. So, thank right. you. Great. Thanks. Do we have any more hands in Clubhouse? Yes, we do. Tori. Okay. Let's hold off on Tori. And is there anybody else who has not spoken yet? In not Clubhouse. in Clubhouse. Okay, we'll come back to Tori in just a few minutes. Do we have any raised hands in Zoom of people who have not spoken yet? We do not. No okay. raised hands. Thank you. Okay. All right. Well, we'll come back to Tori in just a few minutes because right now I'm fixing to frost this cake. Yeah, with the magic of Zoom and Clubhouse and the Internet, our cake is already out of the oven and it has cooled off completely. And if you believe that, anyway, uh, I did make a cake earlier so that we could talk about frosting it. So I made my cream cheese frosting earlier and I put it in the fridge so it could start getting a thicker consistency. And so now we're going to, oh, I think I left it in there too long, but that's okay. If you leave it in there too long, you can just put it in the microwave for a few seconds and soften it up just a little bit. All right, so I've just scooped out a big spoonful 
of my mixing bowl and I've put it in the top right hand corner of my cake. Again, it, the um, short sides are left and right and the long sides are on uh, top and bottom. So I've scooped out another pretty good size spoonful and I'm putting it in the bottom left hand corner. So now what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna take my spatula and this is a different spatula than what I used on my cake earlier. And I'm going to spread it diagonally toward the center and to the top right hand corner toward that other bit of frosting. Then I'm gonna spread downward at a diagonal toward the center. Now, I'm gonna take my spatula and I'm going from right to left to the corners. And something I failed to mention too on the cake, after you get it, the batter into your pan, you wanna shimmy it around a little bit. So I just do a light shake from side to side to try to even out the batter a little bit. And then I tap it on the countertop. So I'll just pick it up and go a couple of times. You don't pick it up very high, maybe an inch and just drop it. And that helps alleviate some of the bubbles in there. All right. So I'm continuing to move from side to side and spreading this frosting. And folks, it is okay to get in there with your fingers and check to make sure frosting is spread evenly and make sure you've got it over the whole cake if you want to. Now, if you've been frosting cakes since you were a kid, then you can, you, you know pretty much how, to, how you do your techniques. So, all right. So do we have any raised hands in Zoom? One moment. We do not. We do not. All right, let's go over to Clubhouse. And Herbie, do we have anyone that has not spoken yet? I know we got Tori up there. All right. So I'm just going to go ahead and say, Tori, you can unmute. And Tori, we are still, um, I'm double checking, but, well, having computer issues here. I do apologize, guys. But, um, nope, other than Tori, we do not have anybody. All right, Tori, you can go ahead with your comments or questions. Okay, it's comments I have. Uh, okay. First of all, um, the thing Kayla said to do but with her buttermilk does work with plant milks as well. Um, you can use any kind of plant milk, though I've personally found that soy or coconut work best. Um, secondly, to DJ, yes, the light causes it to deteriorate in quality. Um, that's why it needs to stay in the dark. Uh, same with, with other types of containers besides glass. And thirdly, um, if you are wanting to do a cream cheese frosting and are unable to have actual cream cheese and are struggling to get hold of a non-dairy alternative and have to have the non-dairy alternative, um, then I can tell you from personal experience, because I did it literally a couple of weeks ago, that you can successfully use silken tofu as a cream cheese substitute. And I can tell you that had I not done it myself, I would not have known it was tofu from the taste. All right. Thanks so much, Tori. You're welcome. 
All right, do we have any hands in Clubhouse? Double checking and uh, no, we do not. All right, thank you. Any raised hands in Zoom? No, we do not. All right, thank you. Uh -huh. So um, I've got my cake frosted and I will say that the recipe that Kayla gave earlier is this one that I did share with her. And um, it looks like I'm going to have enough to frost the cake that's in the oven now. So, and the recipe said the nuts were optional. So once you get your batter mixed up completely, you can um, put your nuts in and then you just mix those in with a spoon. You do not want to mix those in with your hand mixer. And then you just pour it in your pan. And now that I've got the cream cheese frosting on there, um, if you want nuts on top, you can do that as well. Sprinkle some on top. And if you have people who, like in my family, they're not allergic to nuts. They just don't like them. Some people just don't like them. And I still like my nuts on my cake or in my cake. So I'll just sprinkle them on top and then they can pick them off if they don't like the nuts. All right. So I've got that cake frosted. Now, if you want to make a layer cake, what you can do is um, what I've done before is I've taken a ladle, a soup ladle, and I've put like two scoops into my either round cake pan or square cake pan. And then I put the same amount of scoops in the second one. Then I take my, um, I keep doing that until I run out of batter. You know, I just keep putting the same amount. And when I start to get close to the end, I will take my talking food scales, turn those on, and I will set each pan on and see how much they weigh. That way I know which one needs a little more uh, batter in there. And then you just cook it in the same, same way. Um, and it's, the recipe says to check it with a toothpick. And if the toothpick comes out clean, then you know that the cake is done. Well, being blind, I don't know how close my hand is to the cake when I'm using a toothpick. So I just take a butter knife and I stick it in the center and pull it out. That way I have a really long handle and I just take my fingers, you know, take the knife between my fingers and run it down the blade. And if it's not wet, then my cake is done. And I do the same thing with my cornbread as well. So I just, you know, poke it in there. You're going to cover it with frosting anyway. So nobody's going to see it. Nobody's going to know it's there and, and but you. Another tip that you can do before you frost your cake, after it has cooled completely, you can go ahead and slice it up. It, so if you're going to a potluck or something, or, you know, you're having guests over for a potluck style meal, you can go ahead and slice that up, frost it. Then you don't have to worry about slicing it when it's time for dessert. You can just start, you know, scooping it out. Uh, I think that's all the tips I have at the moment. I'll think of a few more in a few minutes. So, Kayla, how are we on time? Um, we have about 12 minutes left, and I had a uh -huh. question, actually. Sure, go um, ahead with your question. Did you, when you um, took your cake out and frosted it, did you have it in your 9 by 13 pan, or did you turn it out? And did you, if you did turn it out, did you frost the sides of the cake? 
I left it in the nine by 13 pan. Okay. But if I would have done <laughs> Yeah. It's a lot less messy that way. But if you're going to do it for presentation, yes, you go ahead and frost the sides of it. And a good way to keep the frosting from getting on your cake plate, uh, you will tear strips of either parchment paper or wax paper. And, and you don't want them very wide, maybe two inches maximum. So you tear those strips and you put it in a square on your uh, cake plate and then put your first layer on and frost it, put your second layer on, frost it, and be sure to frost the sides. And you know, however many layers you have, that's what you're gonna do. And if you want to split your layers, people say, oh, get a serrated knife, blah, blah, blah. You could do that if you wanted to, but the easiest way to uh, cut a cake for, if you want to do multiple layers, is either use um, unscented or unflavored dental floss, or you can use fishing line. So you tear off enough that would wrap around your cake. And you can also do this with some crafting wire to all of my crafters out there listening. If you have some thin enough wire, say maybe 20, 22 gauge wire, you could, you know, cut off enough of that to wrap around the outside of the cake then you can kind of measure to see if it's even and you crisscross the ends and the one that's on the left, you put in the right hand, the one that's on the right, you put in the left hand, pull it like you're making a knot and it will cut that cake smoothly and evenly every time. So that's a good way to, you know, make multiple layers of your cake. So, all right. Do we have any questions in Zoom? Uh, Monica had her hand raised. I don't know if she has a question, but Monica, if you do, um, go ahead. Actually, you answered it because I was going to ask, how do you smoothly separate for layers? And you just answered it. <laughs> okay. I just so thank wanted you. to make sure just in case. Okay. No one else, Courtney. You're good. All right. Y'all didn't know I was a mind reader too, did you? No. <laughs> All right, Harvey, do we have anyone in Clubhouse that has questions? We currently do not. All right. And I was just doing a timer check. And so we have about 10 minutes left on our timer. And that's about how much time we have left on the call. So, um, Kayla, do you have anything that you would like to add on what we've, I mean, you have done a great job in adding for me while I was <laughs> mixing, but do you have anything else to add? No, but I'm really excited to make this cake. I'm hungry. <laughs> yeah. It, it is so yummy. Um, the last time I made it, I, I used the canned frosting. And this time I'm like, I have all the ingredients. Why make the canned stuff? And you use the canned stuff when I've got the real stuff. So, and the frosting is yummy. So, um, we will not have a call next week. But the following week, which will be the 16th of October, we will be doing homemade enchiladas. And that is a time-consuming recipe, so we may have to go an hour and a half to two hours on that one um, because I, I like to make my refried beans from scratch. So we will talk about that as well. I haven't gotten the nerve to make my corn tortillas out of scratch, from scratch yet, but maybe one day, <laughs> one day. So, all right, any other questions before we close out the call? Anybody do in not Zoom? have any nobody in Zoom. Okay. Anybody in Clubhouse? 
I am double checking one more time, but um, I looks like we do. Nope. Okay. All right. Was that a yes? We do. I think or you said no. no. Okay. I think you said no. Okay. So Herbie. And while you're there, if you will tell us what you're cooking up on your call this Sunday. Oh, excuse me, well, this Tuesday. Know, yes, it is. Well, it's like this, guys. We talk about grocery shopping in terms of, um, you know, like the cooking and stuff. But how do we actually get the food in the first place? And what are some convenient ways it can get to you? And one of the most that uh, I know about is online shopping. So myself, Tori, and a special guest, we're going to cover three major online shopping venues. And uh, not only that, but we're going to talk about how things can differ from country to country in terms of what's available. So it's going to be both educational and um, interesting at the same time, I think. So we're going to talk about Walmart versus Instacart and a whole lot more. So we're going to learn how to actually get the food. All right. Awesome. I'll have to tune in for that. So and see if you, anybody does it the way I do it. So, <laughs> all right. I know so somebody I can do things the way you do there, Courtney, you know. I don't know. I don't know. All right. So thank you all so much for joining us. Again, if you would like to contact any of the cooks at ACB, you can send an email to acbcooks at gmail.com, and I will get those emails forwarded on for you. If you would like to subscribe to the listserv where you will get the recipes from this call every time we have a call. I know I'm behind on some, but I will get those out eventually. Um, So if you want to receive the recipes and some other good information from time to time, you can send an email to acb-cooks plus sign subscribe at acblists.org. Those two addresses can be found in the description of tonight's call. And if you lose that or forget about it, you can always send an email to community at acb.org and they can get you in contact with me or any of the other cooks as well. I want to thank Kayla so much for helping me tonight on this call. Andrea, thank you so much for hosting. Katie, thank you for streaming. Herbie, thank you so much for connecting us to Clubhouse. And to each of you, our participants, thank you so much for joining us because without you, we wouldn't have a cooking call here on Sunday evenings. So thank you all so much. Enjoy your banana cake, and I hope to see you at the next community event. Good night, y'all.